Welcome to Health System CIO's Partner Perspective Interview Series. I'm Anthony Guerra, founder and editor-in-chief. Today, we're talking with Enrique Estrada, Senior Director of Healthcare Industry Solutions with VMware. Enrique, thanks for joining me. Yeah, thank you for having me. All right, great. Looking forward to having a nice chat. Why don't you start off by telling me a little bit about um, your organization, a little bit about VMware and about your role there? Yeah, sure. So I just joined VMware uh, just about four or five weeks ago. So at the end of uh, December, uh, really focused on really putting together our solutions, working with our business units, working with our sales teams, uh, as well as working with our partners to kind of package solutions that are really kind of focused on solving some pretty unique problems in healthcare. Uh, and the other part of that too, is looking for gaps that uh, we can drive some innovation. So uh, luckily I walked into a room of really passionate folks, really smart folks from sales to, to uh, different groups of this organization that are all committed. And uh, I just got here, like I said, so my background specifically has been healthcare and technology for the past 25 plus years. So you've been there four to five weeks. I mean, how much did you know about VMware's healthcare situation, offerings, products and services before? Yeah. Um, so what's that process like of, you know, based on your level of acquaintance, sort of getting a feel for what's going on and then going from there? One of the things they said about Steve Jobs, one of those quotes is that one of the biggest things he did when he came in was he stopped a lot of stuff as opposed to starting new stuff to get them to focus on the certain things. Is that anything like what you're looking at? Um, yeah, great question. So, I mean, traditionally, just to go back to the, the top of that question, traditionally, it, my kind of awareness and knowledge of VMware has always been kind of the foundational piece in data centers, right? Whether it's in, in the cloud or on-prem at the enterprise level. Um, but I, I also have been aware that, you know, VMware has also been kind of this, kind of foundational component that's driving and evolving their value proposition. So if you look at things like their end user computing, uh, their modern apps, and really this focus around multi-cloud, this is something that um, has been kind of in, in the back, in the, in the realms of healthcare for quite some time. I just didn't know, personally, I didn't know that there was such a big piece that VMware had in, in these roles, um, especially on the, on the end user compute side, because as we look at digital health, we're seeing this big kind of evolution and push to kind of meet the patient where they're at. And so the end user computing side, the workspace one side is really starting to play a very pivotal role in helping kind of meet those needs. Um, and so I continue to kind of be surprised in all the things that they're doing in healthcare and uh, I'm lucky to be part of that evolution and value prop. Mm -hmm. And do you, um, what are your thoughts on speaking to customers? Like, you know, our readers are the CIOs uh, to what degree do you want to do that and and use those conversations to help? Now, another thing is you've got different constituencies in healthcare, right? It's not just hospitals. You're dealing with other parts of healthcare. So how do you think about that in terms of satisfying the different buckets that you have within healthcare and then integrating conversations with customers to see what they're looking for to help drive your roadmap? Yeah, and so... You know, one of the things I, I've been doing on day one was uh, got here. And the first thing I said is, can you show me where the data is at? Right. Can you show me where the data is at with just overall just customer engagement? Right. Uh, our net promoter scores, satisfaction. Can you show me the, the KPIs? 
all the operational stuff um, that normally goes on when you you know want to know what's going on with your customers. So that's the first thing I try to do. Um, and so the good thing is we track things really, really well. And you got to be careful when you say you want to see the data because there's a lot of data. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've also started to talk to customers in my first couple of weeks here directly. I just got off a call earlier with the large you know channel partner slash customer and you know, we're working together to look at some very unique use cases that they're having problems solving downstream with their own customers. And so um, when I think of a customer, I think of customers from a couple of perspectives. One is uh, our partners. They, they are one of our biggest customers. Uh, they consume our services. They resell our services. They also innovate on our platform. So I want to know what's working well for them. I want to know what their roadmaps look like. Um, but I also want to be able to speak directly to the payers, providers, and life science customers that are ultimately kind of invoking the services that uh, that we provide. So, you know, uh, workflows are very, very important at the healthcare level. Um, we play a very big role in ensuring, you know, that those workflows stay efficient and consistent and accessible anywhere they go. Uh, and so it's good to hear firsthand what's going on kind of down in, in the trenches, so to speak. I'm a Marine, so I think, I guess, go back to that kind of vernacular. So I, I want to know what's going on downstream and understanding, you know, how is it that we could look at um, improving or or changing or just, just know overall if things are going well. Uh, all feedback is good, whether it's good or bad, it's all constructive and it all kind of hope, hopefully leads us into a better direction for, for everyone's uh, roadmap, so to speak. Yeah, I was going to touch on the marine part later because I, I did see that in my in my research. So uh, we will get to that a little more later. But um, I've read some military history. And as you mentioned, one of the things that some exceptional generals have said is they want to see for themselves. Yeah. Right. So you say yeah. you got lots of data, but nothing's going to equal that one on one conversation with that customer to see if the, it, what you're seeing in the data is really resonating yeah. with, with what this person's telling me, right? Yeah, I think, you know, you're absolutely right. I think what you need to do is contextualize all of that and you can look at it. You can't find that out just by looking at the numbers sometimes. So I think data is a powerful tool that uh, helps kind of provide um, some talking points and discussions and, and maybe even directions. But to your point, when you sit down with the customer and, and you get all the context of everything that's going on, um, especially in healthcare. Yeah, we're all in healthcare for a particular reason, right? We, we all either trained and got educated to fall into this industry or just by chance, like myself, you know, starting off as an engineer, I found my way into this industry, but we've all been in this industry because we all believe in the impact that uh, we can provide. And so when you have the ability to sit down with a doctor, a nurse, a patient, uh, and I've had some great opportunities to sit down with patients to tell us what we're doing, good or bad, um, those things really, really resonate. And, and that, and, and they should, because when you're in healthcare, you want to make sure you're doing everything you can to make the process and the system better. So I agree. So thank you for the, uh, the general reference. That. <laughs> and conversations with CIOs, right? Hospital CIOs, that's going to be a big part yeah. of the people you, you talk to. You know, let's just put this in context. CIOs over the past few years, they don't get enough praise for what they've had to do. They, No one you know, really planned for this kind of, you couldn't plan for it, right? First of all, and then it hit you. 
and CIOs how to make some very tough decisions very, very quickly. And that is how do you take everything that's been in a brick and mortar environment and overnight without batting an eye, extend that beyond the four walls to where those providers, those you know, clinicians, those staff members, those administrative uh, members that kind of keep things running, how do you kind of ensure that workflow continues to extend with all the right kind of provisions and security to the home? So they, they you know, I really give my hats off to what they had to do very quickly and they did an amazing job in doing that. And, and luckily we've been able to partner up with them and helping kind of ensure that security, that control has been able to be extended to, to meet those workers where they're at. A lot of a lot of our, our CIOs, a lot of IT folks come from the military. They have a military background. And that transition you're talking about that they made when COVID hit, that seems to me like a very military-oriented task. Like yeah. the military is very good at that. Here, change of objective, go achieve it. Yeah. Would you say that's the case? Yeah. So I was uh, I was an O351, which is uh, an assault gunner, part of an infantry uh, battalion. And one of the things you learn in the Marine Corps very quickly is adapt and overcome. And and I think that's exactly what we saw these these leaders do. They saw something coming, they adapted and they overcame, and they did it with swiftness, right? And they did it with efficiencies. Um, and, and so I think you know it, it made. It's, it's made everything, it's brought a lot of light into how we work remotely. Um, I think the next thing they're probably going to start to think of is like, how do we, we start the migration back into the workforce as things hopefully start to come around and get a little better for all of us. But um, they've been able to adapt and overcome very, very quickly, and, they, and they've done it tactfully. Well, what as far as our readers go, the hospital CIOs, uh, and you have admiration for what they've accomplished through the pandemic. Um, if if you wanted to just give them your thoughts on, so some of the things they're dealing with, you come in and your perspective may be, there are some great things we're working on. There are some great tools. There are some great technologies that that we think, one of the things that said is healthcare is 10 to 20 years behind. Everybody who comes in from healthcare, and they, I've heard that repeatedly, so I don't think it's just a myth. I mean, most, you know, 20 is a lot, but some people seem comfortable with that number, um, although yeah. as shocking as it may be. So are there, are there things, are there technologies that you see underutilized in healthcare that you want to encourage our readers to consider getting in their roadmap? Yeah. So let me be the disruptor in that old um, stigma of, you know, we're 20 years behind. Uh, and, and maybe I'll be the first, I don't know, but let me just say this. I, I've heard that for as long as I've been in the industry, right? I hear it all the time. And it's funny because that marker never moves. It just continues to move along with whoever's saying it. Right. Um, I can tell you firsthand, you know, I've been fortunate to be surrounded by some amazing folks. And here's what I have seen. And I, I think maybe maybe the, the statement should change to instead of being 20 years behind, maybe it should be that we're two to three years closer to having parity with the financial industry, with the e-commerce industry, with the retail industry. And the reason I say that is because a lot of those folks, a lot of those very sharp engineers that develop these modern apps are coming from those industries into healthcare and they're changing the way development happens. They're more agile. We moved away from the traditional waterfall aspect where it was variegating. They come in thinking API first. They're developing 
microservices or a platform that is not monolithic and really look at kind of the consumption of services. And I think, you know, bringing that that type of talent from other industries into where we're at today has led us to have things like, you know, HL7 Fire that can quickly uh, drive interoperability to exchange patient data. We're looking at uh, mobility and and having patients able to access their their personal health information from anywhere. Uh, So I don't think we're 20 years away. I don't think we're 10 years away. I think we're two to three years closer to having this amazing industry that's um, changed very quickly. And a lot of it is because of the talents at the engineering level that's come over to change that. The other aspect of that too, and that's on the engineering front, um, but the other aspects of this, and I think CIOs are seeing this as well and hearing this, is CIOs are hearing from their their, their clients, i.e. their doctors, clinical mm-hmm. staff, et cetera, that they wanna be able to be you know, mobile as well. They wanna be able to, to work anywhere and be able to access information anywhere. And so, um, and that's happening, right? It's not your old traditional, like, you know, I gotta be at the hospital to access my EHR. I can, I can be able to, and there's this whole local tenants uh, industry that's uh, been created. There's these virtual visit industries that have been created. These doctors are actually working in their homes, right? And so, you know, CIOs are being challenged to be able to extend kind of that standard of care or create a new standard of care that engages them as well. So everybody is signed up for the adoption. Um, Now it's time for kind of us to help kind of, you know, at the VMware side, kind of help them kind of be enabled to do that with technology and services. Okay. So the infusion and and that talent was brought in. So we'll give healthcare a pat on the back for that. The, the talent may have come from outside, but they brought it in. So they were open enough to say, and, and yeah. I've been seeing that for a little while, that they, they want people from outside the industry. That's happened. And the good thing is you've seen the results because you can try that and they say uh, culture will destroy whatever your plans are, but it didn't. So they brought in the people from outside and they were able to be effective and the technologies were embraced. Um, Obviously the pandemic has exponentially changed connectivity and all these things, the technologies Mm -hmm. that underline that, like those from VMware have been embraced. What's next? What's the next step? Is it around, is it around cloud? We hear a lot of questions around cloud, a lot of people unsure of how to move forward because there's so many different ways to set it up. So many options, public, private, hybrid, uh, you know, all these kind of options. And if it was done in a rush, which it was done at the beginning, a lot of people embrace the cloud in a bit of a rush. And I've heard there may be a bit of looking back and going, well, not sure I built the foundation of this house, so to speak, perfectly so i got to go back yeah. what are your thoughts on that yeah so let me kind of first touch on um you know the, the first part of the question of, of what's next so um you know data you know it's like I, I i traveled before i joined here i took a nice little break in mexico and um and I'll good just for you up. by the way good for <laughs> you that's a great yeah, i want to completely decompress and make sure i yes. had full charge uh and uh that my my buffer wasn't going to run low, so to speak. Right. Uh, but so here's what I was able to do. So went to Mexico, was able to go anywhere and use my credit card and go anywhere. And that that information was able to follow me. Um, so when you say what's next, so patient data, interoperability, the whole 21st century act is, is really, really important because I believe that the data should follow you 
anywhere. Your personal PHI should follow you anywhere. Just like a credit card transaction can follow you anywhere, so should your data in case you get hurt. Um, so, you know, that's kind of a long way for me to say that I, I really believe that interoperability in this multi-cloud strategy should be really focused on. Um, we we are seeing, and I'll go back to the, the, the outside talent coming in, we're seeing, you know, modern apps be developed in very quick times to solve some very uh, immediate problems. COVID is a perfect example where, you know, you had contract tracing and wellness apps and, and coaching apps coming together very, very quickly overnight, uh, being developed in containers such as Tansy mm. to kind of develop this kind of adoption and adherence to um, healthcare. So, but all that being said is all that data that's being developed and being used to engage, you know, members, patients, people on clinical trials needs to get back to uh, essentially take a few hops to get back to where it needs to get to. And sometimes that clinical data repository can be the EHR. Sometimes it may be a data lake. Sometimes there's a lot of devices involved in kind of engaging patients. It may be part of an ecosystem. So what we're seeing as far as what's next is this big orchestration of workflows, data, and devices coming together and being used across different clouds as part of one encounter. So I get discharged, I'll give an example. I get discharged from the hospital. It turns out my hospital the value -based, is, is doing value-based risk. So they've taken the full risk uh, of their population. And I've been put on a, a program for 90 days for chronic diseases. As part, of, as part of that discharge strategy, they've given me a kit to go home with. And that kit comes a lockdown iPad, a couple peripherals that are tethered to it. And every day I'm taking a couple health sessions. All that information is going to the ecosystem provider. In this case, it could be a remote patient monitoring company. They're collecting all that data in their cloud. But that, that information is being traversed over a uh, provisioned cloud, maybe through a carrier. So that's the second cloud. And then ultimately, all that data should go back into the EHR because I want my doctor to know how I'm doing because maybe I am low risk, maybe I am high risk, maybe I'm having some adverse events or effects because of the medication. And I want my doctor to be able to see that. So there's now three clouds involved in that transaction. So, you know, as, as we think about what's next, we are going to see this kind of, you know, continued explosion of digital, uh, digital health apps evolving, different ways that people are going to be engaged through digital therapeutics. Uh, I always like to think uh, of market transitions and, you know, looking at what's around the corner and decentralized clinical trials is really, really big. I got some time to, to uh, you know, kind of invest in that and see how that's going to really kind of change how the clinical research is now going to be part of the care option. So all this is going back and forth across different clouds. And I think from a CIO perspective, they're really thinking about how do I lock this down? How do I secure it? You know, do I do I need to have a multi-cloud strategy? Do I need to think about how I contain these apps? These are things that are, are front and center. So I, I believe that's kind of what's next for the next five years. Very good. You mentioned um, foundational principle. One of your foundation is the data is going to follow you, right? So I, I would think that as a leader, when you're going to be a leader, you need to have those foundational. What, what are the things I believe? 
what are the things I believe need to happen, should happen, or are going to happen? So I'm going to have those. And that helps me then fill in everything. That helps me. Everything trickles down from there in terms of operationalizing it. So that's one of your beliefs. The data has to follow you. Let's go from there, guys. What are any other ones come to mind that are, that define the roadmap? Yeah. Um, I think everything we do in this industry, whether you're the CIO, chief medical officer, or um, you know, you're someone else in, in that whole value chain of providing services. I, I, I think one of the things, and this is probably my biggest belief, is we're dealing with a patient-centric model. We can't forget about the patient and everything that that experience needs to be for that patient. So uh, it's kind of safe to assume you're a patient, I'm a patient, you know, our, our loved ones are all patients. And so we've got to look at this at a very human level and think about, you know, what is right for that patient. Not everything that works for maybe a certain cohort will work for someone else, right? So we have to think about how do we engage the patient? What do they want from their experience in, in this journey that they're going to be on? And how we can support them. So that's probably my my biggest uh, focus is doing what's right for the patient. Do you think that does that have any limitations? Does that ever hit a wall? I mean, there's providers, right? They're a huge part of this. So do you ever hit any problems when you go with a 100% patient focused approach? Or is that always going to land you in the right place? Um, well, you know, I think every time I come into a conversation, it's, you know, what I'm, you know, and I've said this a lot, I've, I've said this a lot since I've gotten here is like, when I, I would say, let me go back five years ago, five years ago, because I, I was very kind of text uh, focused, I approached every conversation as, you know, technology is here to save the day, <laughs> right? Building, they will come. That was very arrogant. Um, but I, I was very, I was very tech focused. One of the things that I've learned is, you know, the conversation should switch. It should shift to let me understand what your outcomes are focused on. And, and it's now leading in with kind of what are your business imperatives? Where do you want to be in the next five years from a business model perspective? Are you making this shift from value-based care to value-based? And how are you going to be measured, right, in healthcare? Uh, and I'm, I'm sticking with the provider market. We could talk about the same thing with payers and life, in life sciences, but for the sake of this example, providers today, you know, they're being measured uh, very critically through CMS, right? They're either dealing with a capitated model and they've taken this full population at risk. So I approach these conversations with, you know, let's talk about where you want to be, what outcomes you want to achieve. And if you're trying to drive your HEDA scores or improve your, uh, or maybe drive towards this new kind of CPT reimbursement for you know, telehealth and RPM, let's first have that conversation and understand what those pieces are that you want to achieve at, at that business level. And then we can figure out the technology piece later. That's not the hard part. The hard part is figuring out your business model and how we can help you get there. And then we can kind of backfill in with what pieces make sense along this five-year journey that you have in your business roadmap that we can help you get there, right? And so that's kind of where I've been focused. So so to your point, yeah, not every conversation I come into is going to be, you know, all patient centric. That's my mantra. That's what I, you know, that's my belief. Mm -hmm. um, and somehow I think about that patient journey, regardless in, uh, in these conversations, however they may go, I still think about that patient journey. 
but I am very much approaching almost all these conversations with what outcomes are we trying to achieve and then figure out the technology later. Right. Right. Well, we've seen a lot about security. Um, and as it pertains to the cloud, um, people may have been under the impression that, and we used to just talk about the cloud here. You may be giving it to Amazon. You may be giving it to Google. They're going to do security better than you are or Microsoft. But we've seen now um, some breaches in the cloud that can be concerning. So what, it, what, what would you want to say to CIOs about the issues of security in the cloud? Should they be more comfortable um, or is it just the same as if it's in their own data center? They've got to be on it. They've got to be focused. They've got to watch it. What are your thoughts there? Yeah, well, um, I will look at this through the lens of uh, someone that doesn't know security inside and out. So let me just say that So, as, as my kind of uh, caveat to that. Um, look, I think no one should never take their eye off of security ever. Um, I think it's it's a you know constant you know cat and mouse game. Mm-hmm. I believe in you know the great thing about coming into VMware, I'm getting you know amazing exposure to things like our carbon black solution for security. Um, I'm looking at how we're doing micro segmentation in the data center, not just in the you know perimeter, but inside, and how we control security and access uh, to certain groups. And so, I know you know that's probably one of the things that keeps CIOs up at night, right? Is sure. you know what's going on, especially because healthcare's already been hit a couple times, and it's been very very public. So. Um, I don't think anyone should ever take their eye off the ball on that. I think it's a constant conversation. And I, I think like for folks like here at VMware, that's all we think about. You know, we have a dedicated business unit and team and, and great sales folks that really know this inside and out. And they wake up every day thinking about like, you know, what are we doing to kind of make sure that things stay the way they're supposed to, especially because we're so heavily regulated. You're dealing with HIPAA, you know, um, you know, uh, in all these other areas of PHI. So we should always kind of kind of keep the light flashing on that and make sure that we're very observant of what's going on. Well, being being new would be nice for uh, your customers out there and potential customers to get to know you a little bit more. So two questions. One is, why? what made you go into the Marines? And number two is, what made you go into healthcare? And, and maybe more importantly, why did you stick with it? Yeah, so um, so I grew up in the San Francisco area. Went to uh, high school in San Francisco, a nice private archdiocese, uh, Marianist uh, school, taught by a bunch of very disciplined brothers um, <laughs> that kept me straight. Uh, so I made it through high school, and, and honestly, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I, actually, I thought I wanted to be a DJ because <laughs> <laughs> you're 16, 17, and and it's the 80s, and yeah. you know, and uh, so I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I, I, I will say that marketing works because ever since I was five, I remember seeing the commercial of the, with the Marines in their blues. And I thought, man, I want to wear that uniform. So, so I found myself kind of in this interesting situation where I, I, I started to wake up every morning at my parents' house and look at the ceiling of, of my room going, what am I doing? So I joined the Marines. Um, I said, I'm just going to roll with it. Um, here's what I, what I learned very quickly. One is, um, you're not an individual, you're part of a team, right? Uh, and there, there isn't any one lesson, by the way. It, it's, it's hard to explain, but um, you walk out with a couple of things. 
by the time I was done, I was, you know, I went in as a reservist, but we got activated for the first Gulf War. So I got to go overseas. Um, the Brotherhood is amazing. Uh, the motivation and discipline that I learned from it has stuck with me all my life. And I try to share some of those things with folks that, um, are, that haven't been in the service. Uh, and I talk to my kids all the time. By the way, when my son graduated from high school, I said, I got your four-year plan ready to go just in case you don't know what you want to do. So uh, so he, he had a good plan. He had a good alternative. He went to a four-year uh, state college down in Southern California. Um, but, um, you know, it, it really kind of helped kind of create this motivation and inspiration for me to go to school when, once I got out of the Marines. And um, you stick with things, even when things get tough, right? Mm-hmm. There, there are a lot of times, like there's been a couple of times, um, you know, one time in, in particular, when you're like it's two in the morning, you're, you're digging a foxhole six feet into the cold earth and it's raining. And by the way, it happens to be your birthday. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, you know, you learn to embrace misery very quickly. Um, but there is some fortitude that that kind of builds mentally for you. And um, so it had helped me build that fortitude that I wanted to finish four years of school. I want to get a degree. I want to be an engineer. And then as I made that kind of past those milestones and I got into a few startups, I was at E-Trade right when they were like starting off very, very small. I got into Cisco, which became probably the most formative experience I've had uh, in my entire career because it allowed me to grow. And then the leadership there was amazing. Um, But it was at at Cisco that I was able to evolve from an engineer to a product manager to really kind of being kind of the person trying to help drive innovation for healthcare. And, and the moment I saw that the first solution that we rolled out was called Cisco health presence. It was the very first telemedicine solution that was high def integrated with uh, telemetry that we packetized. And we built that originally with a five man team. So it reminded me very much of uh, this little kind of, fire team I had in Marine Corps. It was just like four or five of us off in the dungeon in one of the buildings at Cisco. And that team started to grow. And then eventually that science project, because it was more for demo purposes, became a solution that um, luckily I was able to become the product manager for. And the moment we first deployed that and I saw and heard from the patients that were using it and the experience they had and the fact that they didn't have to drive you know, 80 miles, uh, take a day off work and find someone for childcare just to see their specialist. And they were able to do it and, and, you know, do it from this virtual encounter. That's when I knew I wasn't turning back. And uh, I've been in healthcare ever since. And so I, I love this industry. And I think, like I said earlier, you either, you either train to get here or you fell into it by chance. And I fell into it by chance and I, I couldn't be more fortunate enough to be part of it. Excellent. All right. Final question. As you said, two months in, VMware is a big company. So when you are a customer of VMware, it is a large one of your vendors. It's a big part of what you're doing. It's not a small thing. What do you want our CIO readers and listeners to know about Mr. Enrique Estrada two (laughs) months in, but fantastic guy served our country, can dig a foxhole even on his birthday. Yeah. We want them to know. Well, um, first of all, uh, thank you for giving me this opportunity to have this conversation. It's been fun. And, and second, um, obviously, a big thanks to the CIOs and all leaders 
that have had to make some very quick changes in the past few years. Like I said earlier, no one knows how hard they've had it and uh, they've been able to do an amazing job. You know, um, if there's anything I, I you know, I, I, if there's a kind of uh, a moment just to kind of leave you with this kind of, I won't call it philosophy, but I, I really believe that innovation continues to be kind of what will change our industry. So as I think about, you know, where they should be spending their time and thinking about, you know, what else I can do, think about innovation. Um, I know there's constraints with, with uh, funding sometimes to do those things, but leverage your partners, uh, folks like VMware, leverage us, right? We have a whole ecosystem of partners that can help you kind of think through, you know, what can we do to kind of digitize maybe this workflow or optimize these efficiencies. So, you know, um, drive forward with innovation, um, leverage VMware where you can, where we'd love to be your partner in what you do. And uh, again, just simply thank you for all the hard work that everyone's had to do up and down from, from, you know, the nurse to the staff that are supporting everyone clinically to uh, the top line executive that uh, made some tough decisions. All right, excellent. Well, I think your patient-centric focus will resonate with a lot of people. I don't think anybody has a problem with that. So uh, wonderful conversation. I enjoyed it very much, Enrique. So I hope to talk to you again in the future. Thank you. I appreciate it. All right. Have a great day. You too. Bye.